1: Alex, we know that A-Rod and J-Lo are trying to buy the Mets during these trying times. My question for you this week is what former baseball player and celebrity duo would you want to buy the A's?
0: How many former baseball player slash celebrity duos do we have right now? I think that's the, that's the first question.
1: Well, yes. Yeah, so I knew that you were going to ask this, but I guess it doesn't have to be like a romantic relationship. It could just be like a partnership or a friendship, you know? Right. Like us, you and me. We're not <laughs> a romantic relationship, but we are a partnership.
0: We are, and we're both celebrities in the podcasting world, so.
1: Which one of us is the former MVP baseball player? <laughs> oh, I'm willing I'll, to I'll see that the, to you.
0: I'm willing. Oh, no, I was, I was going to say, I'll be the J-Lo of the relationship. Are you kidding me? I thought that I was going to be able to pull a fast one on you there and be the cooler <laughs> person,
1: but I guess... Guess I got to be A-Rod. <laughs> Leadership. It's all about mentality.
0: That's, that is what he sounds like. I was looking at his YouTube channel today, and it's just more, more, of, the, more of the same stuff. There's, there's good stuff on there. Um, f- former baseball players who have like ingrained themselves in the, in the world of celebrities. The thing about like baseball players is that 95% of them, when they retire, are really boring and go into something like real estate. Something you just like cut that? that off
1: at ninety. You could cut that off at when they retire. Like they
0: before they retire, they're boring too. A <laughs> Rod is the just an enigma of a human being. It's a tough question because it
1: has to be obviously the person has to be very wealthy. You know they have to have to have been a successful enough baseball player to have like part ownership money, but you want them to be like a little messy. You know, like A Rod's career is headline spawning so you want it you got to pick someone who isn't necessarily the most cleanest cut person because you don't want to end up with just jeter owning your team
0: right exactly but on the other hand you can't swing the other direction and let jose canseco buy your team because that's well (laughs) you could you could do that um baseball celebrities who are like still in the public like consciousness it's gonna be someone who like retired in the last like ten to fifteen years, probably. So you've got a guy like Barry Bonds, but I don't really want him running my baseball team. You got a guy like Kurt Schilling as well. I don't I can't really say I I want him running my baseball team. You know who I want? I want like I want Greg Maddox to buy yeah. the A's. <laughs> Just in incredible- fundamentals. <laughs> that's what that's what it's all about, baby. Just paint in the outside corner. 90. Who's his celebrity investment partner? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Who does Greg Maddox pal around with these days? I don't know who Greg Maddox paled around with when he was still playing. Yeah. I actually, I feel like Ken Griffey Jr. It would, be a, would be a good option for this. That's cheating. That's too easy. Oh, that's... <laughs> you're telling me you wouldn't <laughs> right want now. Ken Griffey Jr. to buy the Mets?
1: You're right. How about just Ken Griffey Jr. and his dad? We'll throw the celebrity element out of the, out of the equation. Yeah, true. I mean, you know, they're both celebrities. I'll take it. I agree. Is that better or worse than John J. Fisher, current athletics owner?
0: <laughs> Honestly, anything's better than the A's ownership over the last three decades. <laughs> Slash course of their Entire existence. History.
1: Okay. Uh, more on A-Rod and J-Lo. More on baseball's plan to return later. But first, I'm Bobby Wagner.
0: I'm Alex Baisley.
1: This is... A net win for me if A Rod and J Lo buy the Mets. I've gone back and forth a few times on this. I'm in on it from a we get to talk about this all the time standpoint. I'm in on it from a getting the Will Pons out of my life standpoint. And I guess I'm just in on it from a New York tabloid perspective. But is it actually a net win for me in the long run? In 15 years, am I going to look back or look at you through a Zoom call while we're still in quarantine and say, wow, this A-Rod and J-Lo thing really worked out for the New York Mets.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the real question is like, are you really ever going to look back and be like, this billion dollar person, this person worth a billion dollars buying this franchise for a billion dollars was a net win in my life. I don't, I don't foresee that happening, but, you know, things change. I mean, the podcasting industry is on the, on the up and up right now, so that could be us in 15 years. Maybe those will be our people.
1: Uh, you know what they tell me is that you get more conservative as you age, so maybe I'll appreciate the
0: billionaires owning my baseball team by <laughs> the time I'm 40 or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, so there was news that came out a couple of days ago that they have this biotech investor, Wayne, uh, Wayne Rothbaum, you got to keep the B
1: I O letters out of any story with A Rod. I know you. <laughs> Get that out of here.
0: Yeah, what biotech is he investing in right Seriously? now? Seriously,
1: come on, A Rod.
0: Um, he wants to buy the Mets. He 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 says he'll only do it for a fire sale price. He will only do it for one billion dollars. What? <laughs> that is less than half of what Steve Cohen and the Wilpons agreed to. Just a few months ago,
1: I will only pay back my student loans if you cut them in a third.
0: Yeah, sorry, NYU. I uh, I'm only doing a fire sale loan payback right now. I don't know what to tell you.
1: Who is the biotech investor? Uh, Wayne Rothbaum. The funniest part about any time you search anything regarding Mets ownership is that. The 10 stories that come up are all just pictures of Fred and Jeff Wilpon talking to each other looking like Monopoly villains that just got
0: wronged. Yes. There's there's one Google Drive of photos that is just passed around New York media and it's just them like standing behind the backstop on the Mets field with like one of them in a Polo and one of them a Mets pullover.
1: It doesn't bode well for me if we're talking about this 15-year outlook that the guy who wants to buy the Mets now We'll only buy it for a fire sale price we're getting off on the wrong foot there yeah. in terms of the past history of the team not wanting to spend to its fullest capability. if you're only willing to pay the a third of the price for the team right now, why are you going to pay more than a third of the salary that they that they could spend right does that make sense Does that logically track Yes <laughs>
0: yes exactly. <laughs> It's always a good thing when you Google the potential buyer for a Major League Baseball team, and one of the first things that comes up is the SEC's uh, litigation that they uh, that they announced that they filed against uh, the person who's trying to buy this baseball team. That's like a prerequisite at this point. I feel like
1: yeah, for oh, for the Mets sale, but for any sale, like yeah,
0: I mean, I mean, this is this is like easy. This is paint by numbers. I mean, this is like short selling securities uh, in two thousand eight that's like who wasn't <laughs> whom among us
1: <laughs> how long before someone on the nyu board is putting in like a hundred million dollars on part of a group effort to buy the new york mets
0: given the connections that all these guys have i have no doubt that someone on the nyu board already has some sort of money invested in a major league baseball team right now so you never actually answer my
1: question though alex in 15 years Am I going to look back and think that this next round of Mets ownership is better than the
0: Wilpons? Better than the Wilpons? I mean, the Wilpons do set themselves a low bar, but I also think that, like, you're going from, like, the fail son owners of the New York Mets to, like, you're just skipping over the step of, like, the billionaire who actually gives a shit about the team on the field. And you're just going straight to, like, biotech investment, like, wants to squeeze as much capital out of the. You know the Mets as an LLC before, like the economy inevitably crashes, and he absconds to his, you know, island in the Cayman Islands. I mean, I so so yeah. Maybe you will think it's pretty good. Maybe you'll be feeling pretty good about yourself.
1: Yeah, I guess the the larger question there is as I as I read the case filings against Wayne P. Rothbaum, collectively defendants. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> the larger question is like. Does being rich make you a good baseball owner, and time again time and time again we come back to the to the very obvious facts that it doesn't it matters so much more what type of owner you decide to be and whether you're worth one billion or ten billion or twenty eight billion or whatever Steve Cohen is worth. There's been no correlation if you plotted this on a chart, did a little little a p stat, got a little r correlation on us. Squared it. Squared the R correlation, Alex. Let's get into it. (laughs) I don't think there would be any correlation between owner... I don't think there would be a strong enough correlation for... The way that we talk about owner wealth, I don't think the correlation would be strong enough to justify that. Um, And it's kind of like this perfect storm right now with the New York media not having anything to talk about. One. Two. Having two celebrity bidders in on this in A-Rod and J-Lo. That's just Its own concoction, and then three trying to buy this team that has been mismanaged for so long and clearly has so much potential as the second team, as the second. I'll just say it. I mean, this isn't this isn't this isn't me being a traitor on Mets fandom as the second team in New York. You know, like they're never going to be the Yankees, but that doesn't prevent them from being a powerhouse in their own right.
0: The thing that, like, I come back to in these situations is, like, why the hell Alex Rodriguez and Jennifer Lopez would want and own a Major League Baseball team anyway? Like, it's always, like, they are, and the same was true with Jeter as well, right? They are forced to link up with billionaires who are ultimately going to front a majority of the money so that these former baseball players, what, just get to have baseball teams as, like, a vanity project? Like, what's what's A-Rod's goal here? With the Mets, does he see like, does he see like capital that's being left on the table and he thinks he can like turn a quick buck? I'm just, there's no way that he's like looking at the Mets and it's just like, yes, this is an organization and I see a great future with it. And I think that like, if I team up with Wayne Rothbaum, like we can turn this organization's prospects around, you know, like what, like what's his goal here? It's just a fun security blanket. If you own a major league
1: baseball team or you own part of a major league baseball team, isn't it like just straight up impossible for you to go bankrupt? Look at the McCourts or look at Jeffrey Laurier or look at whoever throughout all of baseball and American sports history. If you go bankrupt, quote unquote, because your company goes under, as long as you own a major league baseball team, it's like a huge savings account. Yeah. So if you couple that with the fact that A-Rod also just likes baseball and it's probably a competitive person. And then you couple it with the subconscious element that his foil, Derek Jeter, also owns a team in this division. It's a it's a home run.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it also it ties into what I'm sure we will talk about shortly on this podcast and and this idea of like sports being too big to fail, right? Like no matter what There is such an appetite for this form of entertainment that some of the most important people in the country will do whatever they can to make sure that like, this sport prevails and this sport continues. Even in the hardest of times, even when the entire economy is in the toilet and people aren't allowed to leave their homes, you will have – like high-ranking politicians being like, but yes, the priority is to get baseball back on the field. And as an owner, that's, Jesus, that's music to your ears, right? You're like, hell yeah. Let's rake in those uh, uh, those admission prices.
1: And fueling that is the fact that there's this idea that baseball being played is part of the country feeling normal and healing. And I- I'm never going to sit here and tell you that baseball is not important you know you and i gather together for an hour and an hour and a half and sometimes even close to 2 hours every sunday to do this podcast and talk about how much we love baseball but the idea that baseball needs to happen so that the country's mental health can sustain itself through the coronavirus pandemic is a sham dude it's the, people only think this because there's a lot of money at stake here and it's exactly what you're talking about it's baseball and live sports are too big to fail. So what's a better investment than a major league baseball team? I I think I come to every single financial decision with, with all sports teams. I come to that thinking all the decisions are being made because it's a good investment. Like every fluff piece that was written about Steve Cohen wanting to buy the Mets because he grew up as a Mets fan or Steve Cohen wanted to buy the Mets because he wants this flashy thing to show off and he has a lot of money and he doesn't know what to do with it. Or if you take the NBA, for example, Steve Ballmer wanted to buy the Clippers because he's this retired Microsoft CEO who has all of this money that's burning a hole in his pocket and he's super competitive and he wants to put it out and he wants to live that competition, that competitive aspect of his life in a different way. All of that stuff can be true while also thinking that the core tenant deriving all of these people is that they just want to make more money. It's the most guaranteed return on investment I think maybe in the, in the world. Is that overstating things? All of these dudes can get super rich in the stock market. They've proven that's how they got billions of dollars. They've exploited these systems and they've been helped at every step of the way by people refusing to actually carry out justice against them. As I sit here reading the, the Wayne Rothbom case filings. But I'm sure that Steve Cohen just thinks like, yeah, the Mets are going to make me X hundreds of millions of dollars over the next decade. That's a nice little thing to fall back on. If the stock market takes a dump and I have two thirds of my assets invested in the stock market.
0: Apparently Rothbom was actually a part of a group that tried to make a run at the Marlins. Um, I guess they put, they pulled together like $1.1 billion. Jeb Bush actually tried to get in on this deal as well. Just fail sons of the world unite. Honestly, that's really, that's really baseball is the, the uniting factor for just the, the sons of the world who could never amount to anything. Um, so like, yeah, I, I think you're like clearly he has his sights set on buying a major league baseball team. And like when billionaires like have their sights set on something, it's rarely just for like, Nostalgia, you know, like billionaires don't make like billion-dollar acquisitions just because they're like, why not? But then, actually, but actually, that said, they do that all the fucking time too, because money's fake, right? And so you can just buy a buy a million. I mean, maybe we're just through the looking glass now. I don't even.
1: No, no, I don't think we are because buying a sports team is is this. It's basically like the opportunity to own a publicly traded company that doesn't actually get publicly traded. It has all of the infrastructural support of the American economy and it has all of the governmental support that it needs in terms of legislation and and I'm referring to the antitrust laws and I'm referring to the Save, Base, Save America's Pastime Act, all of that stuff. But you're not going to see an insider trading case brought up on the Wilpons for owning the Mets. Maybe for something else, but not for owning the Mets. Throughout all of this bullshit, all of the disingenuous ownership decisions that they've made for the Mets all of the things that they've done to tank this uh, this organization all of the fans that they've pissed off Like you can't do that stuff owning a company because people would just sell all of your stock <laughs> or you would just get sued or or you would get like or you would the SEC would come after you for uh, inaccurately reporting your earnings which they definitely are with the Mets you know like there's such an iron curtain behind what these owners do with the revenue that they make and they're not held accountable because there aren't technically shareholders in these teams who own part of the team it's just the fans who just give over the revenue for free without getting any ownership
0: back which we're, we're being conned at, again uh, my favorite part of this podcast is when it becomes an economics podcast uh, so next up on tipping pitches uh, the top five stocks to buy uh during the coronavirus downswing in the stock market how should you capitalize what do you um, got bro what are you <laughs> the shorting these thousands. days
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh boy oh boy
1: i didn't think that we were going to get to this point this soon but uh baseball teams just being publicly traded companies that don't don't actually get traded is is 100% true
0: you know we got we got twenty, we got thirty minutes into this podcast, and some of our listeners may have realized that we didn't even watch a baseball game this week or suggest that you watch a baseball game this <laughs> week, but that's just because we wanted to get back on our bullshit. Yelling about billionaires, it's tough out here for us right now. We're we're cooped up indoors, we're bouncing off the walls. I got takes about about Rothbomb for days, and what am I supposed to do with them? You know? Yeah, so we're
1: we're not gonna be doing a rewatch this week and Maybe that's good. It'll give everyone a chance to go back and catch up on some of our old ones and catch up on some of those games or, um, or check out our two episodes from last week where one episode and a bonus episode last week, Alex. We're just churning.
0: We're, we're churning. We're up in that content, man.
1: The two episodes with Kyle Banduho from Big Screen Sports, uh, last week where we did, we pitched our three dream baseball documentaries. And then, um, from his feed, we did the, th- uh, we each did three fictional baseball games that we would have wanted to attend, so those are both on the feed. You can go check those out. It was a lot of fun to work with Kyle on those um, but yeah, we figured we figured we'd take a little break from rewatching how How have you been feeling about the rewatching
0: exercise is it Is it satisfying you? I think it is satisfying me. I think it's more satisfying um as an exercise when you can talk about it with other people because i'm I've never been one to just kind of like put on an old baseball game, like when I'm home alone, because I don't think that like, I don't know. Ultimately, like at that point, you're just watching it to see what happens in the game. And if it's an old baseball game then like, you know, you already know what happens, but, but no, Bobby, I've enjoyed sitting down with you each week and and watching a game and getting, getting our friend Sean Doolittle on to talk about it. So I think that this is a, this is an exercise that we'll continue doing because, uh, because baseball uh, baseball isn't coming back anytime soon. Or is it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow, look at that segue. <laughs> in the time that we've been going back and doing all of these rewatches, um, there's obviously been a lot of speculative news surrounding the return of baseball, the return of MLB, the return of all sports, really. But baseball's in this weird spot where its season was supposed to start right when all of this was happening. So... I think a lot of other leagues... I think hockey's in this boat, too. I don't know anything about hockey. That continues to be a theme on this podcast. But I think baseball's in this weird spot where a lot of other sports are waiting for it to come back and see what they do because I don't think that anyone thinks MLB can afford to lose an entire season. An entire season of revenue, an entire season of owners cutting checks to the regional sports networks. We know how averse these owners are to the idea of taking losses for a a baseball calendar year. So I think everybody knows cats out of the bag that baseball is going to be back in some form or another at some point in 2020. And so there's been a ton of speculative news about it. And a lot of people are trying to dig up these conversations that owners are having with Rob Manfred that Rob Manfred is having with the president of the United States. And we've been avoiding a lot of that news because it is just speculation and we don't know when anything is going to come back. And there is the chance that baseball might come back and just have to stop again two weeks later. But I think today we should spend a little time going through just the, the step-by-step of the evolution of, of that speculation about baseball coming back and just whether it's worth it to even entertain some of these ideas that baseball has floated. So Alex, why don't you, just like take me through it. Like hold my hand like I'm a fifth grader as to how MLB is playing to planning to bring back the sport that we love and talk about once a week.
0: Well, this, this fantasy just got a lot weirder, but uh, but yeah, okay, let's do it. My, my fifth grader, uh, recording co host. This is like those episodes of The Daily where they call
1: up a kid and tell the kid what questions to ask. <laughs> exactly <laughs>
0: why is there no baseball daddy unnecessary shot at the New York Times check that <laughs> box off the bingo card. there's there's always a necessary <laughs> shot at the New York Times um, so it's very hard to parse the conversations that are happening right now and I think that even a majority of the people in baseball have no idea when baseball is going to come back there are a lot of conflicting reports out there um, at this point it sounds like a lot of major league executives, from reports coming out from Jeff Passan and the goat Bob Nightingale, uh, the baseball is going to be back this year, and they're looking at. Do we believe Bob Nightingale now? Has
1: quarantine melted our brains enough to the point where we're like, that guy seems trust trustworthy. I,
0: you know, of all the villains out there, I he's certainly sunk on my list, at least yeah. in the in the forefront of my mind.
1: I know you know what I haven't gotten mad about in a little while, Tom Verducci, yeah,' not reading a ton of stories that are making me mad by him
0: these days. I know we really need one, so Tom, if you're listening to this, write us write us a doozy of a fluff piece that we can yeah. uh, dunk on you for.
1: Baseball being gone has created a serious uh hole in the market for like veiled racist quotes from scouts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh so so baseball's coming back, uh late June. Early July is, I think, the speculation right now. Um, In Jeff Passan's article, they were suggesting July 2nd at the latest, which is insane because that's in two months, literally two months. And we're just assuming that they're going to be able to play baseball again. And there are... You're forgetting that we have to do our July 4th holiday though, Alex. That's true. We have to go back to living our lives at some point.
1: We, no, no, no! The July Fourth holiday that you and I pitched on this very podcast during so Thanksgiving last
0: so year—that's why they're bringing it back. I got yeah,
1: you. You don't remember that they signed that check to us for the
0: idea right. we
1: partnering with MLB this year?
0: Yeah, we actually. If you if you couldn't tell from the first half hour of this podcast, we're in the pocket of uh, of Rob Manfred. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's sounding like that the. Uh, the Arizona plan, where like all the teams just go and play in Arizona, is just not going to happen because the logistics of that would be an awful nightmare. Just keeping thirty teams and their managers and coaches and all their employees in this like little city within a city in the middle of Arizona—that—that that would be awful to try and pull off um it's the kind of idea
1: that's almost so bad that you wonder if they floated it intentionally to make the next idea seem reasonable and okay
0: yeah exactly the next idea being well what if we split what if we realign the divisions into three divisions of 10 teams each and these teams will just play each other in these divisions they will be the divisions will still be created by geography. So teams won't have, have to travel as much, but they'll still be able to travel. And also they're just playing in their home stadiums, but with no fans. That's, that's the better idea
1: that they have right now. Is that like the title belt idea? Is that currently holding the championship belt as the
0: best idea they've come up with? Do you mean like the, the best idea in their mind, like the most likely idea or yeah. to us as fans? Is that a good idea?
1: Oh, no, I mean that, I mean, like, Rob Manfred sits down and thinks, this is the plan that I'm going with. The way that I sit down before this podcast and think, this is the take I'm going to have. And I just kind of stumble into it. <laughs> I don't feel that
0: confidently about it. I feel like it's the most likely option at this point, although I still, I find it hard to believe that they would even be able to pull that off. Um And the reason that I'm skeptical is because if they bring baseball back in June, coronavirus is still going to be here. We're not going to be out of the woods yet, especially in a lot of places that haven't been as hard hit, like having an influx of people come in and just start playing sports there certainly isn't going to help. And if you bring baseball back, and have these teams like sequestered in their stadiums or whatever they're, they want it to look like, and one player gets a case of coronavirus, you have to shut the season down, don't you? Like, isn't that it? Like if one person gets coronavirus and then a second, like how many, how many lives of its employees do you think Major League Baseball is willing to risk to let the season play out? Because if one player has it, then a coach is going to have it and, uh, you know, uh, the bat boy is going to have it and the video room guy is going to have it. Like we know how fast, how fast this spreads. So like, if, can you imagine if someone died from coronavirus because major league baseball brought baseball back too early? So those are the competing factors here. And I guess
1: implicitly we all know this, but I'll, I'll lay it out because I heard Jeff Passon talking about this on DSPN Daily. And it's just sort of shocking when you hear it out loud. So here's what I'm going to say. On one hand, you have what Alex just said. The fact that somebody might die because they were like, let's go back to throwing baseballs hard while we wear tight pants. On the other hand, and maybe I'm tipping my hand a little bit here. On the other hand, we have this fantasy world that Rob Manfred is clearly envisioning where baseball returns And it's the only sport. And it's like the last dance on steroids. Because it's all anyone can talk about in the sports world. And people who have let go of baseball because the NBA finals were going on at the same time. Or people who have let go of baseball in their lives because European soccer was happening. And they decided they wanted to be a a hipster and get into that. Or people who were like, I just got to crush NFL mini camps right now. I I can't possibly watch baseball regular season games. I can't possibly find something interesting about Max Scherzer right now. All of those people, Rob Manfred is imagining them flocking back to baseball. And you can sort of see how that is an appealing world where it's like, we have center stage to remind everyone why baseball is fun and cool. But at the same time, it's like those people are all just going to leave next year. And even if they don't, are you really willing to risk the lives of your employees and your players and your coaches, who many of them are over 65 or over 60 or over 55 or whatever it is? Are you willing to risk those people's lives just for the chance to remind people that baseball is cool? Because
0: I'm not. (laughs) I don't know about you. I'm not. For the record, I'm not either. I just want to get that in there in case anyone had any doubts about that. Um and I get the thirst for sports. I really do. Especially in the the world of media, like this has impacted the, the impacts of this go far beyond just like not being able to plop down and watch a baseball game on Sunday evenings. Like, writers are losing jobs over there. Like these are affecting people much further down the ladder than like the millionaires and billionaires who we turn on our TV and watch every day, you know? So like there are very clear livelihoods being impacted by this, uh, you know, not to mention like the, the working class people who make baseball teams like run like baseball teams are not just a collection of 25 of 26 guys on a field and a few coaches expanded rosters and, <laughs> and a GM. There are the the people who take in tickets at the gate. And as the much as MLB clean. wants you to believe that it's just those people. <laughs> as much as they would have you believe that. Yeah. There are the guys who maintain the field and the the people who clean the ballparks, right? Like it's such a massive operation. And of course, I think everyone would like to see like baseball back as soon as like safely possible. But I'm sorry, but I think you just need to err on the side of caution for this one, right? Like I don't know. I, but, th- but then again, I want baseball back as much as the next guy. So like...
1: But it all comes from this interesting dichotomy that, that you and I talk about on the show a lot, which is when you take something that, that on its face matters as little as baseball and you inject it with billions of dollars every year as, as part of this huge entertainment industry and you inject it with all of this American nostalgia, America's pastime, and then you look at it outside of the vacuum, it becomes very hard to say that this is not an important part of America going back to normal. It it actually is a legitimate argument that this is on a list of 50 or 100 or 150 or whatever businesses and or things that should be the first things to come back, <laughs> which is a, a a failure of our society, that we've placed baseball this high on... The, the level of hierarchy of important things. That is a failure of our society while people are hungry and homeless and don't have health care or whatever other problems they're facing. It's a failure that, that people are becoming billionaires off of baseball. But it's the reality. So, yeah, it's going to be one of the first things back. It just is.
0: We're all thirsting for baseball content right now. It's too dangerous to bring back the major league season. But that doesn't mean there can't be events, activities in the interim that satisfy our appetite for baseball until that comes back. Baseball has tried this out with their MLB, the show players tournament, which mostly just frustrates me because I get notifications on a daily basis about it. And it always kind of tricks my, my stupid animal brain because I see like a baseball player's name. And then it's just about video games. I think major league baseball can do better. Are there any safe events that you think that they could put on right now that would engage baseball fans, but also not put like thousands of people's lives at stake?
1: It's an interesting question because there are no events that are ever going to feel as good as baseball, you know? Yes. Because, and you're just going to be constantly reminded of the fact that it's not baseball because you're looking at baseball stars not playing baseball. Right. That is, the, that is the paradox that these sports leagues face in trying to entertain their fans in these times. It's like, with the exception of LeBron James and a couple other massive stars in their own right, we don't look at athletes in this culture as anything other than athletes. So when we see them, we're like, that's a basketball player, or that's a baseball player. That's Mike Trout. I only think of him as hitting home runs. And that is one of the biggest obstacles that all sports leagues, to varying degrees, face in trying to make their players as interesting as possible. When LeBron James goes live on Instagram, like, that's funny and fun and cool. But when, I don't know, whoever else it is, is playing MLB the show against another baseball player... It's it might be entertaining but you're just looking at this player thinking 98% of the time that I've ever seen looked at this player he's been playing baseball so I think that that is the unique pressure that they face and, and the paradox of this whole situation that being said I think that we could get a couple MLB players playing a game of Jackbox with each other and it could be entertaining <laughs> I would watch that <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's the thing is like, I don't want to watch baseball players like playing fake baseball, like put them no. put them in an environment they're completely unfamiliar with. It's just shoving it in my face that they're not playing real baseball. Let's get like baseball players playing Jeopardy from home. Super easy. Get three or four players on a on a Zoom call and have them buzz in. I, we, Bobby, you and I have done that before. We did that for your birthday. It's incredibly easy. Rob Manfred, I can send you the link to the platform we used. <laughs> it's pretty <That> cheap. Would, <laughs> it's really cheap. As far cheap. as other expenses in Major League Baseball go. <laughs> I would, you know, I would watch like a weekend of like, I think that a home run derby would not feel incredibly satisfying right now. But I'd watch like a like a, a bat flip tournament. <laughs> like Like similar to the slam dunk contest where... I don't really care about the outcome of the play, but I want to see how ridiculous you can make it. Um, and it's the kind of thing that would take very few people to set up. You have one person standing 60 feet, six inches away, which is more than the, uh, the recommended distance by the CDC. You have someone, you have a, a pitcher and a batter, and maybe you have like three judges, right? Holding up scorecards. They can stand six feet apart as well, if they feel so inclined. And uh, and just let him face off. Let's see what Cody Bellinger can do. Mike Trouts is going to be boring, but I want to see what I want to see what he could do if he actually tried to flip the bat. You know, that's interesting. So you are leaning towards the
1: I actually want to see them do baseball activities side of things.
0: I don't think it's something that would satiate our appetite for the whole summer. But would I watch a weekend of that? Absolutely.
1: Maybe we should just do the the Jackbox idea on this podcast. Maybe we should
0: just stream it live. You mean you and I should recruit baseball players? Like we sh- to... Yeah, we should recruit baseball players. I see. Okay. I I think that... So shoot shoot a text yeah. to A-Rod. I am sure that friend of the pod, Sean Doolittle, would be down. So that's one out of the way. It seems like he's going to be doing more recruiting than <laughs> you and I, though. <laughs> hey, Sean, <laughs> drop it in your group chat.
1: We just, like, suddenly become a Nats podcast. <laughs> The more times we have Sean Doolittle on this pod, the closer we get to becoming a Nats podcast. I'm okay okay with that. I mean, they did all right for themselves last year. I don't know if I can co-sign this. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm like weighing the options between like be a Nats podcast and become friends with 10 MLB players or just like continue to be a Mets fan. Uh, Well, I'll just keep giving the money (laughs) to the Will Pons. (laughs) You're just buying stock, buddy. You just don't know it yet. When baseball gets nationalized, and we kick the owners out of the clubhouse. How are we going to determine who gets to buy stock in the club? Is it going to be available to all fans? Is it going to be based on like past fandom? Is, no. like, Am I going to send a picture of how many jerseys I have and be like, okay, that's three stocks right away?
0: No, I think you make it as egalitarian as possible. Open it up to, to everyone. Set up com, and you can go on and just publicly trade those i want to what's
1: to stop the wilpons from just buying 80 (laughs) percent?
0: means tested stock buying for (laughs) major league baseball teams (laughs) well i think there has to be like a cap you know like you can
1: only own 10 stocks in the team
0: right yeah
1: 10 shares of the team i clearly know how the stock
0: market works (laughs) i'm into that i'm on board with that
1: The question is, do we do we compensate the current owners? Do we liquidate their assets or do we just, you know, like guillotine them? (laughs) Is that going too far? We're on minute 45 of the podcast. I feel like I can pull that joke out.
0: (laughs) Are there going to be like like shareholder meetings too? like, do you have to then get 10,000 fans in a room and be like, so here's our plan for the next decade?
1: Not a coronavirus plan.
0: But yeah, (laughs) this is this is post coronavirus, obviously. Yeah, then then maybe is there going to be a Zoom call. Zoom call. Yeah. Well, I mean, then now you all of a sudden players can't uh, now all of a sudden fans have a say in how these teams are run. Right. So maybe maybe a bunch of maybe a bunch of fans who have shares of the Oakland A's who have like a majority, a majority stake in the team. You know, 51 percent of the shareholders come in and say, hey, we don't we don't we don't like how things are being run around here. This is the type of thing that sounds good on face value. Like, yeah,
1: we get democracy, but then you think about how democracy has worked out in the past. And you're like, fuck.
0: Yeah, well, you just have to look at the literal stock market where you where you're like, hang on. That thing that's also, been plummeting. 51, 51% of Mets fans
1: think that they should like cut Michael Conforto.
0: That's what I that's what I say they do for this uh this last baseball season is just like hand over the controls to fans for like the final three months and just see what happens with the team, you know? And then that, and then that's how we start 2021. Michael Conforto will be on the pirates. The Marlins will be, I don't know, shipped overseas. Like you really want to shake the game up. Like this is how we do it.
1: Yeah. I don't think, I don't think mob rule works effectively for baseball fan bases. I think in large part, because, um, most baseball fans are like sixty-eight. Yeah, they're like I actually think Jacob Degrom should have a pitched through his torn UCL and B thrown one hundred and sixty pitches a game. <laughs> like I guess fifty-four percent of our shareholders think that. So Jake, sorry, you got to go back out there. So what we don't saying- have coaches. We don't have coaches anymore. It's like true, like Greek democracy where they go to Athens and vote on everything. Absolutely.
0: I mean, are you saying that? the 30 billionaire baseball owners are better? Are you saying that that's uh, that that's, are you pro billionaire Bobby? Is that where we've net out on this? That we just, we just need a monarchy for baseball. The billionaires aren't making the baseball decisions. <laughs> well, th- I guess that, that raises a good point, but they are making monetary decisions on the game. So are the, are the fans, the owners or are the fans, okay. the GMs? Okay. Now we're really starting to parse it out. I think the fans are the
1: owners, but not the GMs. Like we gotta get. We gotta let Billy Bean back in there, bro. <laughs> Come on, it's Moneyball. Think about
0: the Moneyballs of the world. I th- I think that there's the the you know the intellect of the crowds. Like baseball fans yeah. are smart enough to not flush a million dollars down the toilet, right? Or
1: whatever baseball fans lack in financial knowledge or knowledge of like what revenue even means for your company profit or anything like that and now I'm just saying all the things that I don't know what they actually mean for a company but
0: just like you know equity and stakes and I just Google like lot, Wall Street terms losses. Just Google Wall Street
1: terms while, while I make this point. just read them off to me in the background while okay, I say okay. this. yeah whatever baseball fans are lacking in financial knowledge I think they're making up for in general like not giving a shitness about throwing money around that isn't necessarily like coming out of their own pocket. Yeah. Like if I owned a stock, if I owned a share of a baseball team, say that that share was worth worth like $100, just a nice round number. I would be way more reasonable about losing 40 of that $100 than Jeff Wilpon would be about losing 40 million of his $100 million. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So I think that element of it of spreading it around, spreading the debt and loss around would then incentivize people to just be like, yeah, fuck it. Let's just compete. Let's just spend money. Let's just go sign Dallas Keuchel, former Cy Young winner. Let's get Yasiel Puig on the Mets. Never mind the fact that Yasiel Puig is going to be a giant by the time this MLB season starts. And we haven't
0: even mentioned that. I know. I think what we're saying is we just need to bring the free market to baseball ownership. You know, just start start a bidding war. Bidding starts at $1. Put the Mets up for sale on eBay. See how that goes. That's not what I'm saying at all. (laughs) Cause then it's just gonna be one rich guy owning the Mets. Yeah, but we've we've capped the amount of shares you can hold, right? So you can only have up to you know, you can only you can't own any more than than one percent of the Mets or whatever.
1: This is a future podcast idea. Let's
0: not waste it all right now.
1: Let's the future podcast idea is redesigning the baseball ownership structure <laughs> the way that we want it to be.
0: Yeah. I I am I'm down.
1: Alright Alex, is there anything that we need to talk about before we get out of here? We, get, we gave people 3 hours and 20 minutes of podcasts to listen to last week, so I feel like we can cut this one a little short.
0: Yeah, I think that that's okay. Um, the last thing I want to leave the people with Follow Yasio Puig on TikTok. It's really good. Don't Do you have follow a TikTok account. Oh, dude, I I, I kind of love TikTok these days. But... Wait,
1: I love TikTok too, but I don't have an account. <laughs> Just go on there. Oh, really, account and scroll.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, Yasio Puig's TikTok account is is great. I mean, he is speaking in spanish much of the time but there is obviously learn spanish bro you got nothing but time. i know i know yes i mean and there's obviously some very universal comedic content on there alex bregman's is him like doing workouts and like dumb quarantine videos top five interesting people in baseball yeah absolutely alex bregman (laughs) number one (laughs) yeah i think that's all i got bobby
1: you think that we should uh, you think that you should learn Spanish via Yasiel Puig's TikTok account and we should do the bonus episode of this podcast two, po- two podcasts
0: a week one in Spanish that was learned from Yasiel Puig's TikTok <laughs> I mean I can already start licking the mic right now if I'm really trying to get into the vibe please don't do that you don't need any more encouragement to do ASMR <laughs> stop
1: <laughs> thank you for listening to this week's episode of Tipping Pitches we will be back next week